Welcome everyone to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Tom Dillon. This is usually recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. However, we lent our support to the wonderful Howard Kane and Kathy Bradley over at Asana Connected for their Wealth and Property Summit on Saturday the 3rd of April. There were several superb speakers on the day, and so as a special treat, we're hosting some of those over here as podcasts in their own right. Enjoy. Up next is the fabulous Teresa Jones, who's going to be talking to us a bit about keeping your wealth. I was lucky enough to hear Teresa speak a few weeks ago, and I'm very excited to hear her speak again. It's, I think it fits in really nicely, although I'm sure Howard and Kathy sort of designed this into the day where we started talking about how to get started and how exciting it can be and so on and so forth, and gone through maybe different ways of investing and interesting different angles on things. Um, and we're, uh, our sort of final speaker of the day is going to talk about how to keep it all once you've made it, which is uh, as important as making it, really. I remember some back in the day saying when you when you make money you make it and then you probably lose quite a lot in tax whereas when you prevent yourself paying tax legally of course then you keep 100 percent of that saved money so in many ways it can be more powerful than making it in the first place but before i uh, completely <laughs> ruin Teresa's talk by doing it for her not that i could do a patch of the job she's going to do let's get um, let's get on with uh, doing um, doing a a cheeky introduction. Teresa Jones is founder of Compass Law Associates. Uh, Teresa is also director of Compass Legal Associates, specializing in estate planning for property investors and property developers. Having worked in a traditional law practice for a number of years, Teresa created Compass Legal Associates to directly meet the needs of her clients, offering high quality legal support at a, t- a time and place of their choice. Teresa coaches new will writers and is a qualified mediator for the Civil Mediation Council. Good morning, Teresa. So um, this morning, I'm going to take you on a little journey, really connecting many of the things that Michael, Kieran and and Kevin have already beautifully uh, set up for me, actually, Um, because every single speaker this morning has talked about uh, the fact that we want to leave a legacy, that we want to make a difference and that creating wealth is not just about money, is it? It's actually about a lot more than that. It's about um, being remembered, about the legacy we create. And what I want to look at here is alongside your journey of creating wealth is the way in which I can help you to protect yourself, protect your wealth and protect your family and the generations um, that are to come of your family as well. So I'm a very visual learner. So I'm going to start with some images first, if that's okay. on the next slide. Okay, so random images that I've picked, pulled together here. I want you to have a little think about uh, what these four things could mean to do with will writing and estate planning in general. So we have love, we have some rather dodgy looking legacy aftershave there. We have a safety deposit box and we have 70%. So have a little think and i'll start to tell you why i've put those images together just as a little warm-up really for us to think about estate planning so the first point what's love got to do with it as our tina turner would say love is the reason probably why most of us end up writing a will because i don't think it's natural for human beings really to want to think about the end of their lives we we would rather think about ourselves as immortal wouldn't we but the love for our families is probably the thing that makes us want to tidy everything up, put everything into our will to make sure that we can protect everybody. And if, like myself, you're somebody who's not married but has a partner, then in actual fact, writing a will and doing this estate planning is incredibly important, isn't it? Because as much as we love them, the law doesn't seem to love partners 
because indeed the law doesn't recognize partners. And therefore, it's even more important, important if we are in a business partnership or a romantic partnership that we use the law, um, writing wills, lasting powers of attorney to give our partners some sort of um, important legal rights around our estate and our future wealth. Now then, there's also love that's gone a bit toxic and a bit wrong in our lives sometimes. And so the will is also really important to exclude those past lovers, those past spouses that we've had. And that's, a lot of people don't understand that even when you go to your grave, that past um, spouses and partners, ex-wives, ex-husband can still have a claim on your estate. So it's one of those things where I like to tidy up the loose ends. And for example, for Jeff, my client Jeff, who's 84 years old and has only just admitted to his partner Val that he was married um, when he was 23 all those years ago and she never knew. Then the fact that I'm doing a divorce for an 80, 84 year old Jeff at the moment will just tidy up his estate. And uh, as Kevin says about people's stories and people's relationships, they continue to fascinate us. So if I move on to the legacy aftershave there, which um, I don't know much about legacy aftershave, I'm a bit of a Chanel girl myself. But um, the reason that we're put on this earth is partly to do with the legacy that we will um, create when we leave it. And because I know that I'm talking to a whole range of very dynamic entrepreneurs um, in this webinar, I know that you are interested in being over and above the average person that we probably meet day to day. Your legacy is something that is really, really important. And it's about why, why we're here and why we want to be remembered. So I capture, I have the honor of capturing your legacy in the words that I write on your behalf that will live on beyond you and I. The will that you write, the estate planning that we do, the trusts that I create for you can last for 125 years. And that is your legacy. And it's an incredibly powerful thing. And that's why, to me, whenever I do business with any of you, it is a complete honor and privilege um, to work for you. Then we get to the safety deposit box. The safety deposit box, what is that all about? This for me is, the, is my image for a trust. Because many people say to me, Teresa, you talk about trusts every day as if they're some sort of everyday thing. Well, that's because I'm personally on a crusade to bring trusts to the masses to enable you to be able to use them. I, when I was younger and I was studying law, was fascinated to see how many trusts exist around me in terms of wealthy people. National trust, royal trusts, hospital trusts. And indeed, as I started to study them, I understood that this is the way that wealthy people pass down their wealth through the generations, through trust law. And so I'm really committed to enabling everybody to use trusts so that we're not always having to start again from scratch um, with our children. We're able to sort of enable our children through trusts, basically, to be able to, to continue and, and to build upon our wealth, which is very, very important. So. I'm going to talk a little about trust today. Finally, 70%. This is the amount that saga say of people that don't have a will. 
just even the basics. They, they don't have a will. 70% of people don't. And if I'm honest with you, the successful people that I meet and um, know over time have their ducks in order and they have their ships in line, whatever metaphors you want to use. Successful, wealthy people um, understand the importance of estate planning and will happily have review meetings with me every every year or every two years in order to make sure we're up to date and um, and everything is looking good in, in their um, estate. So if we can move on to the next slide, please. How can I protect myself, my family and my wealth? This at the end of the day is what it's all about. In the work that often you are doing at the moment, by definition, you're taking lots of risks. There, there might be lots of liability that you have that you have in terms of mortgages and so on. You are probably taking on a huge amount of pressure and stress and responsibility because you are the alpha person within your family who is going to make, to enable others in your family um, to have a better standard, standard of living. And that's why I'm really committed to looking after you, um, using the law to, to look after you in whatever way I can. So this is kind of like the menu of what most people will have. They'll have a will because the will sorts things out if you pass away. Um, and this is an ongoing document. I always say the first will I do for you, that's baseline planning. It can be as simple as you like. But as I get to know you over time, things will become more complicated as we become better at expressing what you uh, finally want. Lasting powers of attorney. Many of you will have heard of those. They used to be about people who have um, experienced Alzheimer's and dementia. But these days, lasting powers of attorney are for anybody who owns assets, um, who's in a business partnership, who would like to be able to appoint somebody that they trust so that things can, can move forward. Um, so lasting powers of attorney are important to have in place. Trusts, as I say, they protect your valuables down to the next generation. An advanced directive is something that's colloquially known as a living will. And it, give, it gives um, people that you love an idea of the sort of medical treatment you would want throughout your life. Um, and this is quite an important document, especially with the pandemic going on at, at the moment, people being in charge of what medical intervention they would, they would want. And then finally, if you're of, of a feeling to, um, you know, sort things out for your families that they don't have to, then you might obviously get a funeral plan. But obviously, I would always advocate a regulated uh, funeral plan. So moving on then, please. Why make a will? This is the bottom line, really. If you have a will in place, then you will protect those you love because you'll be able to direct your assets um, resources where you want and you'll be able to explain to them uh, what you want at the end of your life so it's an amazing feeling to actually um, spend an hour with somebody and talk to them about your estate and to talk about taxation to talk about the ways that you can structure things this is a this is a nice conversation to have over a coffee or something like that and it's something that I do in, in zoom meetings with people I do what's called a will clarity statement that goes alongside your will. And that basically describes the circumstances around which we have come to meet each other and the fact that everything has been done by the law and by the book so that if ever your will was contested, the people 
around you and in your family would understand that the way we've done business together is absolutely above board and the way you've given instructions to me is absolutely uh, watertight, which is what you would hope for. Full checks are done. And the ideal with probate every day of the week, probate being what we have to do when we come to the end of life and somebody passes away and it's the paperwork that we have to do at that stage for the tax man and for the courts. Because I deal with that day in, day out to people, then obviously my wills and the wills that, that are written are ready for court. And that's what you that's what you want, isn't it? You you don't want to go to W. H. Smith and get something perhaps um, that won't work at the end of the day. So that's really important. You can choose your executors and trustees. Your partner can inherit if you're not married. You can choose guardians for your children so that you know that your children are safe and legally safe within within the system. And it gives us a chance to talk about finance over time and, and tax planning as well. It enables me to join with your other professional people. So often I'll talk to your accountant about, you know, kind of uh, say, for example, the limited company that you've set up. Or I'll talk to obviously somebody like Kevin about the, the SAS that you've created and, and the financial aspects um, of your estate as well. So that you've got all the professional people uh, work it sort of working um, from the same page, which which is what you want in a joined up way. If you can go to the next slide, thank you. So, what do I do first when when I'm in a will we meeting with you? The first thing I do, you know, is I write down a family tree, very much like a football. I need to know who the key players are, are. and so plotting a, a very brief family tree enables me to understand who are the people we want to protect, who are the people we want to exclude. If you um, have got any naughty people in your family, which sometimes uh, we, we all do. Then I go on to what I describe here as the assets and liabilities chart. I, I, I make a list of the assets that you've got so that I can understand what I'm protecting for you. And as you can see here, properties, cars, investments, cash, um, the pension sits outside of your estate, but I'm really interested in, in your pension because often if I'm doing probate for somebody, then I'll be sorting out the pension and the life insurance as well. But I don't just want to hear the good news about all the wonderful assets. I want to hear about the liabilities as well, the burden that you might be holding at this moment in time so that I can understand what you would want me to do with those things. Um, at the end of your life. So with the mortgages that you've got on the rental properties, you know, which ones would you like to be paid off by your, your life insurance? Or is it a case that you would want um, the trust to see if it can remortgage on your behalf? Or would you want your son or daughter to try and remortgage properties and, and so on? Um, it, it, all that discussion about what you have and the sort of like the loans that you have as well, it's really important for me to get down to the nitty gritty um, really. And so we have, even though it might be our first time in meeting, we have, uh, you know, quite an intense conversation about what you want me to protect. If you'd like to go on to the next slide, please. So the first thing that I really home in on then is your family home, and especially if you own your family home, because there's a lots of things I need to check off with things like the land registry. So I always do a land registry check uh, on your home just to check that everything is in, in order 
um, that you may, often your main asset is nice and safe. And I look at the way that you own it. And if you've got a partnership with somebody else, it, it, you know, a, in terms of a romantic partnership, then if you, I want you to own it as tenants in common, because that way it uh, makes you le legally stronger, if I put it that way. The traditional way of owning property as, is as joint beneficial tenants, which means that you're 100% liable for each other within that property. I always want you to be tenants in common on property so that you own the property 50% each. This means if any threat comes to either of you, for example, divorce, bankruptcy, care home fees, that it is only half the house that is under threat rather than the whole house. So this is an important uh, conversation that, that we have. I look at um, the house in terms of whether you want to protect it. And as I've got up on the screen here now, Family Asset Protection Trust, then this is something where, that wraps around your family home um, and protects it from all of the things that, I, that I've described there. Um, so this is, you know, there are lots of different property trusts. And, and I talked to you about if this is something that, that's of interest to you, but it's very much on your primary residence in the first instance. If you can go on to the next slide, please. And what I home in on is, because we love a bit more inheritance tax exemption, this thing called the residence nil rate ban. So I'm gonna bore you a little bit with taxation here, but it's, it's quite important. If you are a homeowner and this, applies to your primary residence, then you not only have £325,000 inheritance tax exemption, you are able to access another £175,000 inheritance tax exemption if we get the circumstances right in your will. Okay, so that the 325 plus the 175 gives you as an individual 500000 each. And if you're in a couple, um, who are married, that will give you a million pound between you, which is a nice healthy amount of money that you have before you have to pay inheritance inheritance tax, which is 40%. So how do I get the residence nil rate band for each of you on your family home? So obviously I, I enable, I, I'm, I check that you have been married. That's That's the first thing. And even if you're divorced, we may still be able to access that for you. And we check that you may have children or um, stepchildren or um, sort of like sort of half children or, you know, I mean, whatever lineal descendants we can come across, grandchildren. We, we check through that. And if you've got all of those things, then we're able to access the extra £175,000 for you as long as we pass the, the house down to, down to those lineal descendants within the will. So this is an important thing that we need in place already, because if you haven't got this in place, then this may not necessarily happen for you when, when probate happens. Moving on, please, to the next, thanks, good. So another popular, there are, there are so many trusts, and I'm not gonna go through them all today and bore you with that, but I'm just gonna sort of focus in upon a, a trust here, a rental property trust, which I thought might be relevant to you all. There are lots of different trusts and, and very much when I talk to you, I'm thinking about, you know, kind of what's best for you. And they range from £200 up to about £2,000. So a lot of them are under £1,000 and nothing to be scared of, but they will protect your wealth for a long, long time. So they, 
in many ways, they're very, very much worth um, what they cost. So in the rental property trust, you're able to put property, property that's in your sole name or any um, share of a property that you're in tenants in, that you own in tenants in common into this trust. And the list of properties in the trust is flexible and can grow with you over time. So I'm talking about the properties here that are not in perhaps your limited company, but that are in your sole name. So the, port the portfolio wraps around these properties and can last for 125 years. It says, who the trustees are going to be, the people in charge of the trust, and they will be the people that make sure the tax and the insurances and and um, maintenance are all paid uh, for. And they will um, then also say in the trust who will benefit from that rent rental income and who you want it to go to over the generations. So this is a really useful useful trust. Cost two hundred and fifty pound on top of your will will fee, um, but obviously can really protect your property portfolio over time. On to the next slide, please. On to the next slide, please. Oh, sorry. No, I've got it. I've got, sorry. Apologies. Properties within a limited company. Now, this is where I would work with your accountant and, and yourself to look at the properties within your limited company, because like a trust, a limited company shelters the properties that you have. And so I'm always very happy when people have got properties within a limited company, because in a way, this job is already is already done. And what I do within the will then is I look at where the shares are going um, at the end of your life. So who do we want to give the shares of the limited company to? Who are you going to be your beneficiaries to continue um, things? And again, also, there will, will be tax advantages to that. So this is where you and me and your accountant would work together on, on this if, if that was the case. Next slide, please. Another area that I think has been ignored in the past, but it's really important um, to look at is the agreements that you have as well uh, within your life, which are ever more complicated, aren't they? Shareholder agreements, option, joint ventures, rent to rent agreements. These are things that I want to understand as well when I do your will. I want to understand what the long term plan is so that I can see how to sort of like um, ensure that the strategies continue beyond you in, in, in a way. So I ensure that the agreement can be assigned down the generations um, and until uh, the project is completed. And often I ask you to write, a, uh, you know, kind of like an, a side of A4 about what you want to do with that agreement if something happens to you. Because, you know, life, life goes on, doesn't it? These agreements um, may, go, may go on beyond us. And this is where it's really important to put lasting powers of attorney in place. If you don't have lasting powers of attorney and something happens to you and you lose mental capacity, then that can mean that your assets are frozen. And if you're in some sort of joint venture with somebody else, that can cause huge problems. Indeed, if you're a, you're a shareholder with somebody else, that can uh, really, really scupper things for people. So lasting powers of attorney are very easy, to, very easy to put in place these days. It's about appointing people that you trust and they enable things to continue even if you're out of the country or you lose mental capacity or you break your leg or, or something like that. So this, this is the way forward. And indeed, if you've got a business, um, then you need to have lasting powers of attorney in place, I, I would say. On to the next slide, please. So this is my advice to you. Make sure you have a will and keep it up to date. 
And a will is something that's a straightforward document. It can be as simple as you want. And it's something that I'm, I'm here to help you with. And you feel really good and really strong afterwards because it's something that you've got sorted out. Consider trusts to protect your assets. It might be that when before I sort of like went into this area of law, I kept thinking that I wanted to get everything straight in my life before I made a will. And uh, so for years, I didn't make a will, even though I was writing them for other people. I kept thinking, no, no, I'll just get this bit sorted and get this bit sorted. I was quite like, you know, how Michelle describes herself as a very organized lady who wanted to get everything in order before I wrote my will. And then I came to realize really that life's not like that because life changes all of the time. And you have sometimes you have very little control of, over what happens. So see the will as a snapshot of your life. And as long as we sort of regularly every, say, couple of years are in touch with each other, we'll just take another snapshot of your life um, and make sure we always make sure that the will is flexible for you so that um, it future proofs it a bit. So trusts are important to protect your assets. Have a think about what's important. And actually, it's one of those things where I, I buy different things for my children these days in light, in light of trust. So my children are sort of coming up to 16 and 18. And I was thinking about my son, you know, and I was thinking, oh, I might buy him a nice watch when he's 18, you know, something that I can put into trust that he can keep for a long time. And I might engrave something on the back of it. And I'm buying my daughter a flute for her birthday. Nice, good quality flute. And you can kind of see that I'm a will writer, can't you, from the way I'm talking, because none of it is pink and plastic. All of the things that I buy are things that will last and that are worth something, because at the end of the day, um, that's going to be part of my legacy, isn't it? Create lasting powers of attorney. Just make sure that the wheels of the bus don't come off um, if something happens to you suddenly. Um, we need to make sure that everything keeps running. Next slide, please. This is really important. Protect yourself. The reason I'm passionate about working with estate planners and uh, sorry, with property developers and, and property investors is because my brother is one. And I've spent the last, I don't know, well, 30 years looking after my brother in property. And therefore, I have an insight into it. And the sort of entrepreneurial dynamic person he is takes a lot of risks needs a little bit of legal looking after at times. And that's what I want to say to you, that I'm here for you to look after you and your family. Next slide, please. Move forward with peace of mind. This is really important for all of you that, like me, been through this pandemic this year, waking up at four o'clock in the morning is not good for us. We need to be able to feel that we've got our ducks in order and that we can sleep at night and that we've got everything sorted. So this is why I think estate planning is really important for you as well. Thank you very much, Teresa. All very exciting stuff. But great to hear, hear you speak again. And um, uh, yeah, always, always a pleasure. I had an idea when you're talking about the fancy watch for your son, which uh, sounds like an excellent idea. Um, I thought perhaps on the back you could get engraved. Uh, now go and check your will um, as a reminder so that you know he's always going to keep his paperwork up to date. That would seem appropriate. So. Uh, my, um, my kids can talk to everybody about wills. It's really sad, sad in, in, in a way, isn't it? You know, at 16 and 18. Yeah, it's, they, it's, they know a lot about it, you know, but uh, mm. I suppose they've been brought up with it, haven't they, really? 
That's like, funny enough, you know, you say it's sad in a way, and I think, you, you, of course, I get what you mean, but also, and I think that you'd especially get this, is it's not, is it, because it's not for people who are 85, and that's the kind of, you know, it's for, it's for everybody, and it absolutely should be, because, you know, the truth is we can all fall under a bus, I mean, God forbid, you know, hopefully we don't, but we absolutely can, and so it's it's not just for older people, especially the... Uh, lasting power of attorney stuff because if we again god forbid something happens to us maybe something temporary but something that's quite serious yeah. to, to have s someone to look after our things and make sure you know whatever the bad things don't become worse is really important I'm, um my wife's japanese and it's really interesting cultural i'm sure there's different cultures all over the world but just one that I, this is just one i happen to know a little bit about is is that it's almost rude to talk about it's almost it's almost as if you say if, if you say to someone hey have you got your will sorted out have you got you know things in in place for for after you pass it's almost as if you said you're old you're really old and that's culturally a a taboo um and so when i first mentioned this to my to my wife she was it took taking a long time for her to get on side um yeah. so it's interesting kind of cultural uh things about it as well uh, but enough rabbiting on from me really enjoyed the talk